And I don't know, we got to talk about time management today. We got to talk about time management. But first of all, before we get to time management, Mike. What's up? Tell me about that list you were making earlier today. Oh, that list. Okay. So I was doing what we call a brain dump, where you dump out things that are on your mind onto a piece of paper that you might be feeling overwhelmed around. I do that too. I call it my worry list. A worry list. Yeah. Okay. A mind sweep is another name. That's and cool. Actually, uh, the mind sweep actually came from a book called Getting Things Done by David Allen. And I use this trigger list of topics. You know, uh, so I was looking at workplace stuff like... Still need a copy of that, by the way. I will get you a copy of that. Running a successful business often means dealing with stress, burnout, and exhaustion. That's why prioritizing your mental health at work is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Hi, I'm Leanna Lee. I'm Mike Vini, and this is Better Mental. Join us as we share tools, tips, and strategies to help you build better systems for health, and business growth. Ready? Let's get to work. Uh, you know, finances, uh, marketing, uh, team, just, just stuff like that, administrative. And so I'm writing down things because I was feeling overwhelmed and not in control of my time. Mm. I've been feeling really overwhelmed lately. So taking the time this morning to pause and sit there with coffee and just slowly write the list really grounded me and made me feel a lot better because uh, time management isn't uh, the easiest thing for me. It is not. I mean, for me either. Really? Yeah. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's tough. (laughs) Oh, welcome to Better Mental. (laughs) This is being recorded on video too. Um, Yes. Welcome to Better Mental. Back. Yes. We are. um, We're feeling out of control. No, we're we're acting out of control. No, we're feeling out of control. People are feeling out of control. People are feeling out of control. Overwhelmed. Uh, Missing deadlines, uh, feeling tension, headaches, and irritable, and losing business because of... Time management. Mm. Well, it could be be something else, actually. But we think it's probably something to do with time management, largely because this episode is about time management. We kind of need to talk about time management. So time management, could say it again. Tell us about time management. Before we start, though... If you're struggling with mental health, please talk to a professional. <laughs> yes, please do. You know, and, and, and let me just say that. Let me just say what I said to you all again. Feeling out of control, overwhelmed, mm-hmm. missing deadlines, tension, headaches, irritability, losing business. That could be a sign of depression. Yes. So it's important to rule that out first. And again, mm-hmm. we have an episode, a whole series from last season on finding a therapist. We encourage you to do that great thing for business owners. But I wanted to bring up some statistics around time management for business owners Take it away. that I learned from timedoctor.com that I'm going to read to you right now. 49% of working professionals never conducted a time audit to see how they spend their time. What? 82% of people do not have a dedicated time management system. And 80% of total time on a workday is spent doing tasks with little to no value. Mm. Interesting, right? And if working professionals or business owners spend 10 to 12 minutes planning their day in the beginning, they'll save up to get ready for this two hours of time Mm. that that. would have been, you know, just not there. And finally, I'm just going to say this. There's a lot more on here, but three hours per day are spent by the average manager on handling unforeseen interruptions and problems. I mean, 
these are some scary statistics. It's like no one's getting anything done. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> what are you guys doing? We're gonna we're, we're gonna be doing this episode. This is a good this is a good time to do this because clearly mm-hmm. we need to talk. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> so so there, but there are a bunch of different ways that people kind of manage their time, right? I, I think of scheduling. I think of work life balance. I think of lots and lots of other things. But I want to start with scheduling because that's kind of how you structure your workday, when you work, and everyone kind of has their own approach to that. And for me, you know, I live with with PTSD, with situational depression and anxiety. So for me, it's really about managing energy each day, but not just energy, but also the projects that I do that week. So I'm a writer, I've got deadlines. I've got projects, I've got deadlines. (laughs) So I found that I do my best work kind of in the morning and in the evenings. I tend to book kind of set aside two to three hours kind of at the the beginning and the end of the the workday for that and try not to work weekends. That's kind of my overall schedule. doesn't usually happen that way. I often work on weekends, but that's usually for a bunch of different reasons that I'll talk about later. Another kind of scheduling thing for me is around chronotypes. Now, we talked about chronotypes last season. I believe it was episodes two and three. So that was within our kind of stress management for business owners mini series. So please go check that out. But essentially, chronotypes are your natural sleep cycle. They indicate your natural sleep cycle. I am bare chronotype, so that means that, again, I tend to have more energy in the morning and again in the evening with kind of sort of a dip in energy in the afternoon, sort of lunchtime. So I have learned to work my work schedule and major projects around those facts and those needs. How about you, Mike? I know it sort of changed because you travel so much. It's sort of it must kind of change depending yeah. on where you are and what you're doing. But hold on, hold on. You're a bear. I'm a bear. Roar. Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> yes. Good for me to know. Um, yes, I'm a, I'm a <laughs> I speaker. I wonder which one you would be. <laughs> I, I don't remember the different ones, but no, I'm a speaker. I'm traveling all the time. Um, my schedule is different every week where I need to be. Um, you know, sometimes it's a virtual event. Sometimes it's a live event. Sometimes I have two in one day, four in one day. And I'm in different countries. And so the thing is, my schedule is always changing. The cool thing about it is I know about it weeks in advance. Mm -hmm. So I can like mentally prepare for whatever it is that's coming up. And at the same time, when I'm not doing my speaking, um, sometimes running my business, I'm sitting here recording videos, doing podcasts, I'm doing email or just trying to organize my office because I can't ever, you know, keep anything organized. (laughs) And so the thing for me is what role am I playing? And for all of us in our businesses, even if you're the CEO, there's still multiple hats that you wear. We all, we all wear multiple hats. You know, I know for me that I'm the CEO of my company. I'm also the instructor that's on video for courses and the speaker, but I'm also author. the sales manager. And oh yeah, that's right. That's true. So for all, you know, speaking engagement sales, book sales that come through, I'm the manager of that. Mm. So I have to adjust my schedule based on what role I need to be in. And I think that's a very important question to ask yourself is what role am I in or do I need to be in right now? Mm -hmm. And sometimes we want to be in a role, but that's not the role that we need to be in. For Mm. example, I have a friend who this person doesn't really like doing strategic stuff in their business and it's hurting them because they're stuck just doing projects and working with clients, but it's not building the business. 
Are you talking about me? I'm not talking about you. <laughs> Am Mike, I talking about um, you? <laughs> you could just say so, Mike. You just totally look guilty right there. <laughs> I I'm did. not I talking about like, you. Oh, wow. That's been the last <laughs> couple months of my life. Guilty. So what okay. What about, um? you know, self-care? I just want to say this. Actually, yesterday, I reached out to one of my mentors who is, I'm not going to say who, an actor in Hollywood. And Oh, yes. I know who you mean. <laughs> and, and basically, I asked them about my schedule and how they manage a similar schedule with filming and stuff. And this person said to me, sleep, <laughs> sleep, mm-hmm. focusing on sleep. So basically one of the things I'm going to start doing that I didn't even tell you about is start really focusing on my primary focus is sleep in my day. Hmm. When am I getting my sleep? How much am I getting? And I'm going to build everything around that for my self care. And that's where we also go into something called uh, work life Boundaries? Yeah, so it was originally work-life balance, but Mike and I had a bit of an argument about that. A fight. <laughs> a fight. Knockdown, drag-out fight. So I think of, we sort of different definitions sometimes, I think of work-life balance as this kind of choice of where your boundaries fall, but kind of how Mike defines it, and then honestly how most other people define it. I am in the minority here. How most people define it, how it's been defined before, is work-life balance equals work-life separation. So there's work-life balance and then there's work-life integration. So that's just kind of, there was just a thing. So I said work-life boundaries because just to indicate how you work, kind of the things you prioritize throughout the day. You know, I talked about things like when I work, you know, the time of day I work, when I try not to work. And that is part of work-life boundaries, but it also goes a bit beyond that. So for me... Well, I'll get actually I'll get to me in a second because first let's kind of go over the kinds of boundaries. And so the main ones, again, you've got like work life balance or separation, which is where you keep your working life and your private personal life very much apart from each other. So that's your sort of traditional nine to five where you clock in, you focus on work, you clock out, you focus on family and never the twain shall meet, essentially. And then on the other side, you've got work-life integration, which is a bit more of a modern concept, if you will. And it's this idea that these two things coexist, and you're often bouncing kind of between one and the other. You know, you'll be, maybe you'll be taking a call while you're fixing lunch, is sort of an extreme example, or you're sort of taking a call, running down to fix lunch, you're taking the dog out, you trash, dishes, back to work and sort of like it sort of you fit all these things in around your day and then if you have a traditional job where you go to an office maybe you are taking a longer lunch break and you're picking your kid up from school or you're going to a doctor's appointment you're running an errand you know groceries in the car as you come home tank kind of thing so and then there's there's actually a hybrid approach so if you prefer to do a little bit of both if you're not kind of fall into either camp or sort of conversely if you are in different places at different times of your life or different jobs, hybrid. So, yeah, those are kind of the three main approaches. What would you say is yours, Mike? Hmm. My approach is to use my planner, which I lost. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, yeah. it's been frustrating it's me, so and I'm going to be very honest, it's actually kind of hard to focus oh. on recording because I'm thinking about it, but no, it's okay. I use a planner, and one thing that I've learned is that people talk about work-life balance as this thing that, we want to achieve. I hear about this a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good to have work-life balance where you have your work life and your personal life, and you're almost getting like a good amount of time in both. 
Here's the honest truth. I don't believe that that's completely possible. Yeah, I, I don't think I believe that work-life separation equals balance. Okay. Because, I mean, like I said, work-life balance is supposed to equal separating the two. That's supposed to be the thing. Yes. The, but so And I also putting time into the two. And, and, and the reality right, is, right. I think, you know, one of the things I talk about is focused and balanced. So, for example, you know, we're doing recording of episodes today for mm-hmm. the podcast. We're blocking out time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're both we're, working around full time. Yeah. Stuff. So this is yeah. like maybe not how we wanted to spend a Saturday, but that's what we're doing to get this done for this time. It's not going to be every Saturday that we're doing this. But uh, maybe if you live closer, it would be. I don't know. But the thing is. Um, I don't live anywhere. I'm nomadic. <laughs> that's right. You are nomadic. <laughs> so the thing is. Um, we have to go into periods of focused imbalance. Yeah. And that could yeah. be for personal life. Maybe you just need some time off. You were talking to me before about taking some time yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. And actually, that's kind of where I fall. So that's a great that's a great transition. Where I fall in terms of work-life balance or integration, my approach is more hybrid. So right now, I'm sort of in a focused imbalance period where I'm really busy. You've got that like feast or famine cycle, right? Business is booming right now. So I've got a lot of work. So that means I tend to work more weekends. I tend to work more late nights to get projects done. Any way that I can kind of elongate a deadline. So if I, instead of like cramming it, I tend to focus on it a bit. I'm a bit of a procrastinator, but I like to elongate things. So I have a bit more time to kind of focus on things in different capacities. So I separate some stuff and I integrate some stuff. And I think... I think that is kind of the ideal approach, to be honest with you, because I don't think separating completely or integrating completely necessarily is useful because it's not really a balance. Something is unbalanced there. But as you said, imbalance is sometimes important. It it is. But kind of like we were talking about before with controlling and uh, managing your emotions, everything starts out with measuring. And mm-hmm. I used to have yep. this sign, I might have said this on a previous episode probably multiple times, but I used to have the sign in my office that said, measurement eliminates argument. And it's this reminder that you, in life, you can manage what you can measure. You know, if you can measure it, you cannot, there's no argument right there. And how many times do we get into an argument with someone based on our opinions and what we believe, but not actually measuring, saying, mm. you know, this is... And measuring is, I, I should... I should add with a caveat, measuring is different to bringing up statistics that prove your point, (laughs) that you haven't actually confirmed yourself. Oh, yes. You know, it's like, oh, well, I found this thing here that says that I'm right. Oh, yes, because I base all my measurement off of... (laughs) Off of memes that my friends send me. If you send me a meme, that's what I use in my arguments. But the thing is, um, we think it's really important that you start with measuring how you're spending your time. And Leanna, why don't you tell them about a special tool that you have? Yeah, 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 yeah. So last year, I started working with a business coach, Mike's business coach, actually, Lacey, absolutely awesome. We're going to try and get her on an episode at some point. We'll see. Anyway, she's fabulous. And one of the things that she started off with early on in the relationship was we had to track our time. I had to track my time and kind of see where it went. And I found that so useful that I ended up going back a month or two, a couple months later and saying, okay, I'm still having trouble with time stuff. And it's really kind of, I'm not seeing where 
my mental health is affecting my workload and vice versa, how my workload is affecting my mental health. So I'd really love a clearer understanding of that. So she and I came up with basically a system for tracking my time where I looked both at the projects that I was working on, the clients I was working with, seeing kind of the different times I was working and like when I should be working. And then crucially, my mood and my mental health, my state of mental health at that time as well. So so it was, it was a bunch of different stuff, but essentially I wanted to get a sense of when and how long ideally I should work, what I should or should not be working on, depending on how much stress it was causing, like where is the stress coming from, and then just tracking that mood over time. And it was fabulous. I tracked my time for two months on that system and I uh, actually created a template for it, which I will be sharing with you for this episode. So stay tuned for that. I mean, you should be able to see it in our show notes, but it'll also be on our social media channels as well and on the website. And it's basically, I mean, I wish I had a fancier name for it, but right now it's Leanna Lee's work and mood tracker. So it's it's still pretty basic. There, there may be a fancier name for it coming soon, but for now it, it's uh, fairly simple. But yeah, so that's Ideally, step one, you know, Mike, you're talking about measuring. Step one is tracking that time, measuring your time and not just starting off saying, you know, this is what I want to do today and then tracking that. You can't just try and control it is what I'm trying to get at. You're trying to learn how to manage your time effectively in the best way possible for you personally. So I encourage you not to try and control when you get stuff done. You can even experiment with it and kind of trying things different days and like, you know, see if you work better in the morning, afternoon, you know, try a few different things. But the goal is to kind of let things happen and then you sort of develop that awareness over time and you get a sense of okay what's what's uh okay okay this works okay man this is i'm exhausted i don't think this was a good idea and then it's like mm. this, these patterns and that's what Lacey kept saying is look for patterns look for patterns and you're looking at and by you're looking at really at the results like what have you learned what are you seeing and then eventually you can leverage those insights and results and adjust kind of how and where you spend your time. I love that. Yeah. And can I tell you something that we're doing right now? Yeah. I'm tracking the time. Oh, I mean, as, okay. as we're recording the episode, you oh, know, yeah. and, and I think you and I have worked together long enough to kind of almost have a feel for where we should be time wise mm -hmm. without even like saying, yeah, you'll see us do this. If it gets beyond you'll like see us 25 like, to 30 minutes. Yeah. Like, we'll wrap, like that wrap, means it, wrap up. it up. And those yeah. of you that are listening, we may, we have hand signals. Mm -hmm. We got, we should like totally make that in the video. Like show people our secret hand signals. Just like, uh, <laughs> 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 but I use a planner that I lost. It's actually called the Full Focus Planner. It's one of the many paper planners. I have planners. one of those. It's oh, really you do. good. Yeah, it's from a company called Michael Hi-Hat and Company. And, um, Stop it! He keeps rubbing his leg. You can hear it through the mic. That sounds so weird. I'm rubbing my leg. No, no. I, I, I was <laughs> itching. I'm not rubbing your leg. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> That'd be so much worse. <laughs> Thank you for being my co-host, by the way. I'm just full, full focus planner. The full focus. Full focus planner. Yes, full focus. Focusing fully on this planner. The thing I like about it is it forces you to focus on three goals each quarter. Three main goals. They call them your big three. And each day, you create three goals 
that are from a derivative of your big three. And so you're always mm. focused on those big three and you still can put a to-do list and stuff, but you have to focus on your top priorities. Mm. And that really taught me a lot about time management because one of the lessons I've learned from very successful people, they only focus on three main things each day to achieve mm. and everything else. Great if they get it, but those three main things. So what are your three main things? The other thing that I like, it taught me the art of rituals. And so I have four rituals that I don't think I've ever shared about. I have a morning ritual, an evening ritual, but I also have a workday startup ritual and a workday shutdown ritual. Nice. And the cool thing about that, it lets me know I am transitioning. So when I do that workday startup ritual, I know at that point, all right, we're going, we're at work today. And when I do that shutdown thing, it's like, we're done. Clocking out. Yep, clocking out. And, and it's almost like something, you know, it could be a one-minute ritual, whatever it is for you. But uh, maybe at some point we'll just talk about my rituals on yeah. an episode. Yeah, that'd be really um, cool. The other thing I want to talk to you about is interruptions because we all get interrupted. Maybe you have children at home. That's a very common one. Or you mm -hmm. have a significant other. Or just people around you. Or maybe social media or notifications on your mobile device interrupts you. It's important to address interruptions in your time management and pre-plan how to deal with them. This is very important. Mm -hmm. And this is why we're creating this for you so you can take some of the stuff that you learn from here and use it yourself. One thing is just knowing when and how to be flexible. Yeah. Because there are some Absolutely. interruptions that are really important. If you have a child that comes to you and they're hurt, uh, you know, they broke their arm or something. Well, guess what? You're probably going to want to stop what you're doing and focus on that. But if your child just wants to play Pokemon with you, that might be a different story. Another thing is learning to say no. And this is really important because the more you build your business, the more things get asked of you by the people you work with, people you love, new clients, all that stuff. I'm a big believer in just learning how to say no. And I want to reiterate something I gave in a previous episode, the sandwich technique. So, I don't remember that. What was the sandwich what was that? Did I give that in an episode? I don't know. I don't maybe, maybe I thought I did. Okay. Well, basically, it's from a book, uh, the William Urey's book, The Power of a Positive No, where he talks about you say no by acknowledging the person, number one, saying no very politely, and three, offering an alternative. For example, if oh, I wanted okay. to get coffee with Leanna, but she just did not want to get coffee with me, she would say, Mike, it's so great that you're in town and you want to get coffee with me. I would love to see you. Then she would say a polite no. Unfortunately, I have too many client projects for the next two years, so I can't see you for the next two years. And then she offers a polite alternative. If you come back in two years and remember, wink, wink, maybe we'll get coffee. So, so the thing is that that's a way of saying no. And also, I mean, what about advocating for yourself? What, what do you? Yeah, yeah. So when it comes to interruptions, I think one thing that we all struggle with is applying those boundaries. Setting boundaries is its its own thing, honestly. But applying those boundaries, if you have boundaries in place, like you don't work after this time, or you're trying to track your time, you're trying to get some healthy boundaries in place. If you're interrupted, it's important to step up and advocate for yourself and remind people why this is, you know, why, why you need what you need and why you can't, maybe can't work with them in that moment. Maybe it's just the wrong time. Whatever the case may be, you just kind of have to deal with that interruption from the perspective of this is what I set in place. This is how I'm prioritizing things. These are my boundaries. And then making that known. And it's, it's a version of saying no, but it's saying no from the perspective of this is kind of why in my head, this is the reasoning behind that. You can still say no politely, you can still use the sandwich technique, but it's just kind of starting off with a, 
this is a business thing. This isn't just, I'm not just saying no, I'm saying no because I have these boundaries in place. So that's just something that I try to be aware of because I constantly have to remind myself to be a better advocate for my own needs, my own boundaries. And I think we all do, really. Yeah. And there are different time wasters that happen for all of us. Uh, we're all guilty of them. For social media, it's, you know, that way for many people looking at the news. Sometimes for me, it's certain group texts. I have mm. certain friends that, yeah. I don't know if you've, you've got friends that put you on this group text where there's nonsense comes out in the middle of the day and it's hilarious and you can't focus. So I have to sometimes put my phone down and turn off notifications. So mm -hmm. these are some things that I do to manage interruptions. Yeah. So once again, it's all about learning to set workable systems in place for the long term, right? By getting to know yourself and your mental health better. So so, I mean, the first step is, is, you know, measuring, tracking that time. But while you're tracking that time, think about these different ways that your time can be interrupted and how you can respond to that. So, you know, if you choose to use that spreadsheet, the tracker that we talked about, there's room there for notes. So, like, write down your interruptions. Who interrupted you? What was the interruption? What, what was going on? And how did you respond to it? And that may also give you some good insights in the future. And like I said, it was super, super helpful for me. And it's kind of become the basis for my schedule today. I learned, you know, things like how many hours work really well for me, how many days I prefer to work, the times of day I prefer to work, and different projects that can cause me stress and kind of take longer and therefore cause me to lose money, you know, drop my hourly rate. Mm-hmm. And, God, I had another thought. What was it? I don't know, but uh, speaking of time management... Yeah, I know, I know. It's, it's time, time to, to wrap, wrap this up. <laughs> time <to> wrap this <laughs> up. <laughs> it is, it is. Anyway, best of luck with the tracker. I hope you give it a try. What's coming up? Yeah. So next, next for us is we're going to create some coping ahead systems as we talk about planning for the worst days. For the worst days. With a very special guest. Uh -huh. So tune in next time for that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about the resources we mentioned or connect with special guests by checking out today's show notes at bettermental.fm. And if you liked this episode, keep in touch by following us on your favorite podcast app. In the meantime, we'd love to hear what you think about the show. So DM or mention us on Twitter at BetterMentalFM. Thanks again, and see you next time.